Hey, Northeast Pennsylvania, it's Rob O'Donnell here, live from the studio in Pittston, WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980 AM, or anywhere on the Odyssey app. You can also catch us anywhere you get your favorite podcast. Great podcast production there by Jake in the control room, as always. Uh, just search for the Rob O'Donnell Show, and you'll get us on any platform you get your podcasts at. 58 degrees and sunny, could that be possible? It was 11 degrees yesterday morning, 58 and sunny, beautiful outside, almost 310 here in the station in Pittston. How's everyone doing on this Monday, February 26, 2024? We got an extra day in February with this kind of weather. It seems like a good thing at this point. Usually I want to get done with February, but uh, all's good. So how's everyone doing? Did you get uh, well-rested this weekend? Are you recharged? Me, not so much. A lot of traveling, a lot of... A lot of stuff back and forth setting up. It's it's as you know, we were at CPAC last week, the end of last week, broadcasted Thursday and uh, Friday, set up and security checks on Wednesday. And, and again, there were there were two current presidents. There was the president of Argentina, the president of El Salvador, former President Donald Trump, former Prime Minister of England Liz Liz Truss. So you could just imagine the security uh, layout they have there. Plus everyone else. Uh, I thought we brought to you a good mix. You know, Tom Holman. Roma Devari, special uh, director of strategic communications for the White House. Uh, Kirk Schlichter, who's always colorful, lawyer, legal expert, best-selling author, town hall senior communist columnist, and <laughs> army colonel. Uh, Tony Schaefer, we brought to you. Rear Admiral Paul Becker, representative Kat Kamek of Florida. Uh, James Fennell, who's retired U.S. Navy captain. And uh, he was the director of intelligence for the Pacific Fleet. Real great conversation. A lot on China the second day. Uh, Representative Elise Stefanik. Ambassador Rick Grinnell. Gordon Chang, a foremost Chinese expert. And Morse Tan, who's the dean of, Liber- uh, dean of law at Liberty University and the former ambassador at large for the Trump administration for global criminal justice and world atrocities. So if you didn't check anything out, you could check them out at the, the podcast. So... Uh, you know, they're all still there. I've shared a couple on my Facebook page. But uh, a lot of work, a lot of traveling, uh, a lot of technical difficulties that we were able to get through. Day one, I only had one working microphone, so you can kind of get that I was moving the microphone back and forth between myself and the guest. But thanks to some friends and down there and some engineering technology on site, uh, I was able to borrow some cables, borrow some microphones, test and retest some things, and I was able to get some two, two mic working Two mics working, but only one set of headsets working. One headset. There's no one sets of headsets. One, one headset working. Um, but the guest really doesn't need to hear the, the re- back, the control room, and, and the music and such like that. They really just need to hear the questions from myself. So it really was doable. And listening to it on my way home Saturday evening um, came out pretty well. So if you haven't checked it out, check it out. There's some uh, specific podcasts for... The interviews with Representative Elise Stefanik of New York, Representative Kat Kamek of Florida, Gordon Chang, a Chinese expert, and um, and Tom Holman, former director of ICE, who was given the new administration, if they get elected, it's his word that in 120 days they will retake this nation and its border, uh, at least secure-wise. And then there's a lot of work to be done after that. Today is also the anniversary of the... Uh, World, first World Trade Center bombing in 1993. I don't know if anyone else has talked about that today, but uh, it was my first introduction to the world of terrorism. 
31 years ago, shortly after noon while working in plain clothes in Midtown Manhattan, was my first of four terror attacks that I would be personally involved in through my lifetime. Hopefully that's it, but it does not appear that that's going to be the case. Even Christopher Wray, the, the FBI director for Joe Biden, the Biden administration, has said that it's not a matter of if but when there's a terrorist attack here again on our homeland because of the threats that are out there. But um, on 2-26-1993, a bomb using urea nitrate hydrogen gas enhanced device was intended to send the North Tower crashing into the South Tower killing tens of thousands of people. Thankfully, um, it was not the case. There were deaths that day. Robert W. Kilpatrick, William J. Mack, Stephen A. Knapp, John A. Giovanni, Wilfred Mercado Jr., and Monica R. Smith were the victims of that day. A lot of smoke inhalation um, issues. If you follow me on Facebook, there is a picture of, of that explosion that I was able to get in the aftermath while working down there, securing the perimeter early on in, in my career. And, and it's, I, hope to, I hope to whoever you pray to that we do not have to see something like that again, but it does not appear that that's going to be the case. So um, if you see something, say something. We say it all the time. But unfortunately, if you just like, I just walk through them for you. You know, I'm... I'm I'm just an average Joe like you guys. Yes, you know, I've worked in some great places. I've held some great positions. I've met some even greater people. Uh, it's why I have the, the contacts that I do to bring you something like the interviews I brought you last week. We were able to get them on my show. If you look at the lineup, I'd put that up against any lineup uh, on national radio anywhere. Uh, the fact that the fourth rank, highest ranking member in, the con in Congress, uh, Representative Elise Stefanik, who's the chairman of the Republican caucus, um, reached out to come on the show and pushed on her social media that she was going to be on the show in the time um, just shows that uh, that contact that I bring you in. And just that second day alone, uh, you know, I started off with the director of intelligence for the Pacific fleet, former director of intelligence for the, the entire Pacific fleet to speak on China with uh, another doctor from Oxford who specialized in China and a book they wrote discussing the threat that's the, the re very real threat that's out there. And then, uh, you know, spoke to former ambassador and director of national intelligence, Rick Rennell, on some issues. Uh, hopefully the next secretary of state, if this administration moves forward. And uh, ended it with Gordon Chang. Gordon Chang is, is a foremost expert on China. Um, he spoke on the main stage and had a couple of panels last week and, and ended my show with a great conversation, and as that was going on, we, we got, had breaking news that there was that balloon that I don't think we're still getting the entire uh, true story about that was over Colorado. And it's interesting how it, it got came wherever it came from, and we're finding out about it over Colorado. And then I ended the show on Friday with uh, Morris Tan, uh, again, Dean of Law at Liberty University and the Ambassador at Large under the former administration. Foremost experts in their field and all raising the flags of uh, concern in regards to China. Uh, we have a great show coming up for you today. You know, we're going to talk about some local stuff. We're going to talk about some national stuff and uh, world news. And at the 5 o'clock hour, we're going to have U.S. Senate candidate Dave McCormick on for an interview. 
to talk about what his platform is, what his experience is, his background, some of the things he said. He was at CPAC. He did speak speak on the main stage. We do have some sound clips of that that we're going to play when he's on. And we're going to ask him how he's how is he going to differ from uh, uh, Bob Casey? How does he bring a different set of platforms, a different set of skill sets? I know some of those answers because I'm familiar with his background, but maybe you're not. And, and I want to highlight some of his military background, some of the places he's served, some of the things he's done, both in our military and in our business world. So we're going to be talking to uh, Senate candidate Dave McCormick at the 5 o'clock hour as well. I appreciate... I appreciate... Uh, let me see. I got a text message already. Rob, what was your feelings about Jack Posabek's speech at CPAC? He uh, proudly hailed his desire to end democracy and finish what was started January 6th. How expiring, huh? It, it, was that your take on that? I mean, you can look at the interviews online, so I suggest everyone look at the interviews online. So uh, it's funny how you cherry-pick some of the things out of context and you you put them in a different way. And, and I like how was that in regards to anything I just spoke about? You know, I, I love I love taking the text messages and I love speaking to you guys. And it's interesting because people who usually text in or too afraid to call in because they don't want their neighbors to see how uh, unintelligent they are and how one-sided they truly are. Uh, I'm open to the to the um, discussions, uh, and I just gave a whole, what are we at, 19 minutes? No, no, not 19 minutes, about 15 minutes of what I spoke about and who I spoke to. And the show that I brought Northeast Pennsylvania from CPAC. And, and that's your dig. You want to bring up someone that I didn't speak to. Someone, there were hundreds of speakers at CPAC. There were hundreds of things that went on. There's hundreds of lies about CPAC. And I get that CPAC isn't your, it's the conservative political action conference. I get it. If that's not your cup of tea, if you're a staunch Democrat, you are 100% against the platform there. I get that. But you know what? If I was invited to the Democrat National Convention, I'd go there and cover it. I'd listen to what was said. I would agree with some things. I would agree with disagree with other things. But it's interesting that that's what you you pick out to text in. And listen, it's very simple. If you want to swing blindfolded in a text message because that's what your intelligence shows you, um, don't think I'm not going to punch back because you're blindfolded. You're blindfolded is your handicap, not mine. So, you know, if you want to brawl, we'll brawl. But call in and be and be upfront with your with your views. Let's discuss something that I was discussing, something that I but not something you picked out off your you know left leaning whoever you follow, and and look to have, make it a conversation here, which which I let you do. So maybe that's my fault. Got a text message in. Tom Holman should be the candidate. Tom Holman, uh, my hope will be our next Secretary of Homeland Security uh, this week. I spoke with two hopeful cabinet-level positions. So we'll see how that works. And again, um, I took a – let me see if I could pull it up real quick. I came away with one thing, and I took a poll on my Twitter. And again, it's not a huge poll. I asked, uh, the choices are clear, but will some sit this out because of feelings? A no vote is a vote for Biden. And there was a three-question poll. 
Question one, I'm voting for Trump. Question two, I'm voting for Biden. Question three, I'm sitting this one out. It was a poll, so you could pick one of the three. I'm voting Trump. I'm voting Biden. I'm sitting this one out. 86% says I'm voting Trump. 4% said I'm voting Biden. 10% said I'm sitting this one out. And this is my personal Twitter, so obviously, you know, anyone in the, the Internet can, can vote on this poll. But it's probably more Republican-leaning guess. But 10% sitting this one out, facing four more years of Biden's handlers, because it's not Biden making the suggestions, it's Biden. is something we we need to discuss, something we need to work on. Because if that's the case, if 10% of Republicans are sitting this one out and not voting, then you're voting for four more years of Biden's handlers to make decisions for another four years. And we can discuss what that means as far as our border, as far as our strength, our projection of strength or lack thereof nationwide. You know, we can discuss those things. But, uh... We'll discuss when we come back. It's 322 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's uh, 326 here. Um, I I just realized that the blinded uh, texter, the blindfolded texter swinging his stick back and forth is the same one that called Nick, uh, texted Nikki's show this morning that said that it was totally untrue. It was made up by uh, um, someone at CPAC that the New York City was giving out debit cards to illegal immigrants. Um, but being the fact I talked about it two weeks ago, how did I get my information from a speaker at CPAC? And um, then you were given articles that I guess you finally found the intellect to do an internet search, which you probably should have did before you made yourself look like an idiot, but I know it's via text. But don't worry, we have caller ID. We, we know who you are. Um, that's why you won't call, because you don't want your neighbors to know who you are. Um, said that you read the article and came away with a totally different take, but you said in a previous text that it didn't exist. It was made up by someone. So, again, that's about the last amount of time I give you, because uh, truly, the cartoon character. Looking at some text messages coming in now. And again, you have to take them anonymous text messages with a grain of salt. Hello, Rob. As a conservative, I was going to sit out this election. Out. Uh, um, I was going to sit this election out. I'm voting for Biden. This year, but I've recently decided I'm going to vote. Under no circumstances am I vote for Trump, though. If it's Trump, so if it's Trump versus Biden, well, it's going to be Trump versus Biden uh, at this point, at this stage anyway. There's there's no path for Nikki Haley uh, anywhere. So in, unless something out of the ordinary happens, uh, that's just the case. And listen, there's a lot of things I would have liked to have seen different. And it's it's very, very, uh, there's things that, that Republicans need to do. And we're going to talk about the change in that leadership uh, at the GOP, which is a great thing. 
Um, and I'm trying to pull up what, you know, the talking points that I came back with. Here, for, re for Republicans, it's time to embrace, and I posted this on Twitter. It's time to em embrace uh, the GOP frontrunner. It's time to embrace mail-in voting because that's just the way it is. Until we have the House, the Senate, and the administration, there's nothing we can do about mail-in voting at this point. Like it or don't like it, think it's corrupt or don't, we're going to have to embrace it as Republicans, as conservatives. We're going to have to replace mail-in. We're going to have to embrace mail-in voting. We're going to have to embrace early voting. We're going to have to embrace ballot harvesting where it's legal. We need to form lines of defense, not this continually circular firing squad, because that's what we're doing. Republicans, conservative, moderates, rhinos, never Trumpers, better unite, or we're going to have four more years of Biden handlers. It's as simple as that. And if you look at what that means, I'll explain to you what that means. In the southern, southeast border alone, you had about 400,000 illegal immigrants. And this is the southwest border apprehensions from the U.S. Customs and Border Patrol. You had about 400,000 apprehensions in 2016. 2017, you had about 300,000. 2018, you had another about 400,000 illegal immigrant apprehensions. Again, this is just the southwest border apprehensions from the Border Patrol. In 2019, you had about 800,000. Then it went back down to 400,000. 2020. 2021, there was 1.66 million. 2022, 2.21 million. 2023, 2.05 million. So far this year... We have a million this fiscal year alone, four months, we have a million illegal aliens enter our borders. Take the current illegal alien problem that we're having right now, bankrupting cities across this nation, and double that. That's what another Biden administration means. So I don't care who you like. I don't care what feelings were hurt, what personal issues you have. The Abraham Accords, a secure southern border, Supreme Court justices, policies that got the economy working. I'm sorry, yes, COVID happened. That was no one's fault. But you know what? Biden wouldn't have had the infrastructure in place when he took office if Trump administration didn't start that. So There's that. Another text message. Can you really call yourself a conservative if you're going to vote for Biden? Not just vote for Biden. If you're going to sit this out, if you're going to let, if you're going to give it to a Joe Biden administration. And again, you're not giving it to Biden. Biden is not going to last another four years. He's not. It's as simple as that. His handlers will. I mean, he can't do things now. Just look at the current illegal alien problem we're having nationwide. Look at these seas. And I understand it's hard for you to accept that in Northeast Pennsylvania. I understand it's hard in the city of Scranton, in the city of Wilkes-Barre. You know, they might be around, but they're not inundating your cities. They're not bankrupting your cities. Because I guarantee you, if they were, and believe me, they will, you'd have a different talk. You'd have a different discussion of it.
double that population under another Joe Biden administration. And it's not a Joe Biden administration. It's Joe Biden's handler's administration. Your Susan Rice's, your whoever else is, is there. And believe me, they will drag that on as much as they want because they don't want a Kamala Harris to take over. That's what that means. So we can have that conversation. A stay home, a no, no vote is a vote for a Biden administration. It's as simple as that. And, and I, I see it. And I'm someone who wanted different choices. But the choice now is pretty clear. There's a two-person race now, and we cannot survive another four years with double the immigration issues, world issues where we have our enemies just pushing us around, testing us left and right. It's uh, 3.33 here at WILK. We'll be back after the news with Paul Michaels. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. Um, some of the text matches are just hilarious. Uh, somebody said that the Republicans won't pass, um, won't pay for border security. It's the Republicans that won't pay for border security. Well, if you listen to the show last week, I, I had the fourth highest ranking member of Congress on my show, Representative Elise Stefanik, who... Uh, if you want to look at the facts, the House passed H.R. 2, which is the most comprehensive border bill this nation has ever passed in our lifetime. I had Tom Homan, the former director of ICE, tell us that. I've had two members of Congress tell us that on the show just last week. H.R. 2 was passed by the House. It sits in the Senate desk of Chuck Schumer, who will not let it come to the floor, will not let it hit the floor for amendments, for changes, for anything. It is the most comprehensive border security bill in our lifetime. Now, what you're talking about is the Senate so-called bipartisan bill, which uh, was truly not. It was written by three senators, Kristen Sinema, um, Murphy from from Colorado, from uh, Connecticut, and... Uh, you know, whoever the Republican is who really uh, has no no uh, no focus here as far as this. 83% of that bill, the Senate so-called Comprehensive Border Security Bill, 83% went to other nations' borders, not ours. It went to Ukraine. It went to Israel. It went to Taiwan. It went to um, aid for Palestine. 17% of that went to the border, and that 17% consisted of more judges, more agents to process, not stop, and no physical barriers. So, no, that's not the case. And if I understand the talking points because the Democrats have a great media platform with the mainstream media, Chuck Schumer could get on and say, well, we have this bipartisan border security, comprehensive border security bill that the House won't touch. Those bad Republicans over at the House. But at, for almost a year now, Chuck Schumer's been sitting on the most comprehensive border security bill of our lifetime and won't touch it. And everybody's fine with that. Well, how come he won't open that bill up to amendments? He controls the, the Senate. His members could add whatever amendments they want to it, and then it could be discussed. But he won't even let it come to the floor. You have to ask yourself why there. Let me go to the phones now. I have uh, Gary from Mill City on Trump, Biden, and Haley. Yeah, uh, thanks for taking my call. Uh, I read a lot of stuff on the internet. These local talk shows here is basically all I listen to on radio or TV anymore. I give that up. But I keep reading from sort of, I guess, like the, the talking heads in the Republican side that 
uh, think everything is fine, that Trump's destroying the party, that he should bow out, that he shouldn't be running, that Nikki Haley's the future. Could you imagine if things were different, if Trump was behind and he was staying in, how they would tell us? say that he is destroying it. It's a, I mean, Nikki Haley didn't have a chance, doesn't have a chance. Ron DeSantis didn't. If everybody would have united right in the beginning, I'm not a Republican. I'm an independent. I left the Republican Party when they nominated Romney. Uh, this conservative, liberal, Democrat, Republican, I believe the majority of Trump backers are Americans. They consider themselves Americans. They don't consider themselves of a certain party to register that way. But I'm worried about policies that are good for our country. And if anybody can say anything that this administration is doing is good for this country, they should have their heads examined. If they think uh, sending all this money overseas is good for this country, if they think open borders are good for this country, they should leave this country. This isn't how this country was founded. Uh, Elections aren't how this country was founded. They're supposed to be one days. Uh, Mail-ins were created for military people that were out of the country. Uh, Drop boxes are against our Constitution. And I have a little different take on you on that. And the border bill that Republicans passed, why pass bills when the laws aren't enforced anyways? I believe we have strict enough laws right now. We wouldn't have this problem if our laws had been enforced over the last 50 years. So Schumer's bill that Senator Langford, the Republican, helped write, you have more lenient security bills, laws, and we don't follow the ones we have now. But the answer is more lenient. I mean, it's just what they're doing to this country. And personally, I believe until people start getting punished and put in prison for the treason they've committed against this country, I really don't think things are going to change no matter who you get in that. Trump was in there last And I think the numbers where I just listed off the numbers of illegal migrants just in the southeast border alone shows the incompetence of this administration, the the manufactured crisis. This is done purposeful. They have opened up our borders for a reason. It was not done before this. And you're right. The same laws are in effect. It's just the policies and the orders were different under the last administration. Yes, if we don't follow, if we follow the laws in this country, illegal immigration won't even be a topic. And the majority of things going on in this country right now, if we followed existing laws in the Constitution, we wouldn't have the majority of the problems we have. It just keeps getting worse and worse, and they keep throwing more and more money at it. And we're promised something from the, the right, and they don't come across. They slow it down. They don't stop nothing. We have 17 senators now that vote. Uh, with Democrats a lot of times. When was the last time 17 Democrats voted against their party and voted with Republicans? I don't think it ever happened. And uh, I I don't know what the answer is, but I know if Nikki, if something would happen where they imprison Donald Trump or something would happen, he gets sick, he can't run. I know a lot of people that will not vote for anybody but Trump. They will sit home. 
and they are serious because politicians and Republicans that say they they uh, represent us really don't. They they're not doing nothing. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Thank Have you for the call, day. Gary. You break up. You bring up some great points there. And again, yes, we need to enforce our existing laws. That's a start on anything. That goes without saying. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about BudgetBlinds.com. You go to BudgetBlinds.com, you are going to get in touch with Tom Rick. They're the owners of the local budget blinds here covering all of Northeast Pennsylvania. The leaders in custom window treatments, blinds, shades, shutters, drapes, anything you want for your window treatments, they have. 90% more options than the big box stores. I'm telling you, they had to wheel in their samples with a cart. Two guys could not carry all their samples in. That's how much they have to show you. Budget Blinds is proud to offer the best warranty program in the industry, including their no-questions-asked guarantee, which means you're going to save money. 30 years of style and expert service. They service everything they sell, and you are going to take advantage of their volume pricing. BudgetBlinds.com, virtual or in-house, free consultation. Check them out, BudgetBlinds.com. We'll be back. All right, yeah, a little, all right, so about 440-ish or so. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News okay. Radio. I had a whole right. list of local sto- a whole yep. list of whole local stories I wanted to talk about, but um, this is the conversation. I guess we're going to have it, uh, and I'm fine with that. Let's go to the phones, and you can call or text at five seven zero eight eight three zero zero nine eight. Let's go to the phones now. We have uh, Frank from Wilkesbury on America. Frank. Yeah, I want uh, uh, the two Americas that we got here. When I grew up, I was forty four. I was born. It was beautiful and everything else. And if uh, they had America back then, if some guy went up there and made fun of a, a handicapped person, a retarded person, they throw him out of the goddamn building. All right, Frank, we're, we're going to leave it there. Um, <laughs> it's, thanks, Jake. We'd use the dump there. Uh, listen, if, you're, if, you're, if your tone is you want to call to bash Donald Trump, but then you're you're using the R word to define um, handicapped individuals. Um, you're really not proving your point. So uh, you know that is what that is. Oh, okay. Let's see. Um, oh, we got the Bloomberg coming up here anyway. So consumers are increasingly pushing back against prices increase, and they're winning. Fed up with prices that remain 19% on average above where they were before the pandemic. Consumers are fighting back in grocery stores as they're shifting away from name brands to store brands, switching from discount store to discount stores, or simply buying few item, fewer items like snacks or gourmet foods. So America's winning. The American people is winning against these corporations who are keeping their price up. It's time for the Bloomberg Minute. We'll be back. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. 58 degrees and sunny here at 553. I uh, got a good te- text message in that asks a decent question. Uh, I wish we could ask every American citizen one question. Where does your monthly income that allows you to live come from and name all sources? Very simple. Mine comes from a meager Social Security check from the government pyramid scheme. A scant retirement check, not a federal, state, or local taxpayer-funded pile of money. I think this is how many people choose the candidates to vote. they vote for. That's why Biden is forgiving college debt along with many more giveaways. Reparations would guarantee the entire progressive party wins for years to come. Ask the question, please. Well, I just did. 
And uh, we saw how far the reparations went thing in California. They set up a whole task force. Uh, they did months of work, came up with a dollar figure. And when they presented it to the governor, Gavin Newsom, one of the most progressive governors, if not the progressive governor in the uh, country, said, whoa, hey, we just wanted to put a dollar figure. We didn't mean we were going to cut checks. Um, now we have to work. Uh, that, that recognizes the problem. And it, it made it more tangible for Americans to see because there's a dollar figure, but we're not going to no, give that money to anyone. And, uh, you know, you know how, now you have other places. I believe New York's state is looking at it as well. And, and it's not going to go anywhere. I mean, first of all, you couldn't, it, you couldn't possibly determine um, what's what. But, yes, the uh, I'm going to pay off your student debt was a push to get the student voters. I mean, if I was 18 or 19 or 20 or many other ages with the, some of the text messages and calls that I get in of people with uh, student loans, you're promising me you're going to wipe away 20, 30, I don't care if it's $10,000. You're promising me that there's a chance I might not have to pay this? Yeah, I'll vote for it. You know, especially as an 18 or 19-year-old, what do I have to lose? I really don't care what's going on with the government. Uh, I'm looking to figure out where I can probably get, uh, you know, a boyfriend or girlfriend or a drink or, you know, working on my college tan or whatever else is going on in this world when you're majoring in uh, basket weaving of a third-world country. Yeah, the promises work. We've seen it firsthand, um, which is why we uh, we look at trade school uh, as a viable alternative because everyone I know who went to trade school is making a phenomenal living now, at least most of them anyway, the good, great majority of them. But that being said, that being said, um, Immigration, immigration, and immigration is more and more of the number one problem across this nation. We're seeing it. We're going to talk about different parts of that during the show today. Uh, yes, I'm going to bring up the, the murder down in Georgia that was an utter immigration debacle. And not only do the authorities in New York, the Biden administration, the authorities um, in a lot of places, the the, the border agents that— the, the not even the border agents, the border infrastructure that didn't have the housing when they first took this individual in custody when he crossed the border illegally. New York, when he was arrested multiple times and released him with no bail to the point where he's down in Georgia, free to murder a young lady who's in nursing school who's just trying to keep herself in shape and live her best life. And we're seeing this time and time again. We're seeing violent gangs from Venezuela and El Salvador join forces. We're seeing gangs doing tremendous things as far as rising crime rates through New York City, through Chicago, through Philadelphia, through these areas. I understand it's hard for you because they're headlines to you. They're a movie to you. But it's very real. And New York City alone has had to reduce its budget by 15%. They're cutting every single department, agency. These cities, I mean, you have Mayor Adams, you have the governor of New York saying, please, we're at our breaking point. We can't take it anymore. But yet they won't give up their sanctuary city or state sta status. What is that telling you? Then you have representatives in Brooklyn saying, send them to my district. I need them for redistricting purposes to make her district safe because illegal immigrants, illegal aliens are counted in the census, which has to deal with redistricting for our congressional members. So, yes, it is manipulating the voting. 
Maybe not by individual illegal votes, but by where those votes are coming from. California should have lost two or three congressional seats. They haven't because of illegal immigration. You have Chinese migrants, 22,000 of them this fiscal year alone. 22,000 Chinese nationals. Do you really think the PRC, the Chinese Communist government, is allowing 22,000 people simply to slip through their fingers to flee to the America? Come here at military age. Come here well-equipped, well-dressed, well-nourished. And you know what? We're greeting them at the border. We do not send them back to China. And we are transporting them via our infrastructure across the nation. We have the head of our FBI saying there will be a terrorist attack. We have every military expert, every geopolitical expert out there saying we are going to go head-to-head in some way in a confrontation with China. Hopefully, economically, that could be staved off. I was at the table with some great conversations and economics. Our economy is one of the greatest holds we have over China. And that hope is it never reaches military status. But I was sitting with some of the foremost military experts in this nation and said, you know what, if China sinks an aircraft carrier with 5,000 sailors on it, you'll have 30% of America say they shouldn't have been there. They knew what they signed up for. I just know it on TV. I'm not affected by it. We shouldn't really go to war over it. And they agreed because that's what's going to happen here because we see it now. Well, we don't want another war with China. That's going to be, you know, that's going to be a big one. There might be a draft. I might know someone that actually goes. This is real, ladies and gentlemen. And the big boys and girls are not making the decisions in Washington. It's 4 o'clock.